This is where we find... Oh, it does work. Yay, turned on. Are you turned on? Um, I think so. Yes. Great. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, are we going to stand up there? Yeah, we're both not We're tall. really short. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really short. 95% of the young people are taller than us, so... You may want to move that off there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you going to pray before we start? That's a good plan. Okay. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come and worship you. We thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you that you are the creator and sustainer of all things. We thank you that you are for us. Your heart is for us. And Lord, we ask now as we come to your word that you will speak powerfully through your word to us. Lord, thank you for what you have in store for our lives. Lord, thank you that you want to speak into our whole being, Lord, and transform us. Lord, we ask for your presence right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so when we were first asked to do this by Joe a couple of months ago, we kind of both immediately knew what we should talk about. And then we really struggled with the title, because first of all, we had Worship When, hopefully, a screen will come up in a moment. But um, worship when? And then we struggled with the next bit of the title because we all face um, different circumstances, struggles. Um, for some of us, the title could be um, worship when life is tough, worship when we're waiting for GCSE results, worship when we're about to move house, worship when we've had a pants week at work, worship when it's been really tough to get the kids out of bed and go to work, worship when we've had awesome A-level and B-tech results. You know, it, it could be all kinds of things. Our lives are all different. Next week, our, our whole title may be worship when we haven't slept much because we're camping. Um, but so the title was like, oh, what do we go with? So our title this morning is Worship When... Insert personalization here. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, we've had different journeys, and so this morning we just want to share some things that God has, has taught us over many years, taught us recently, and stuff that we're actually really still learning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> um, we're going to concentrate uh, on coming to sung praise and worship. Um, when perhaps we don't actually feel like it. So coming to do really what we were doing this morning and worshipping God, but maybe you've come this morning and you don't feel like it. It's not really been where you want to be. But that's where we're concentrating um, this morning. But what we need to do um, is we need to recognise that there are many different ways of worshipping, many different ways in which we can praise and worship. For example, it could be through even artwork, it could be through waving flags, it could be just that moment where we bow down, our posture can be part of our worship. There are many, many different ways. It could be um, worship where we're just um, over, that overwhelming sense where we just need to speak out some of the amazing things that God has done, um, that we just voice something. It's not necessarily song. Um, Sometimes just raving about God, bigging him up, 
Uh, and just, you know, those moments where we're reading scripture and we just have to stop and it's those wow moments with God that they are just so amazing. We can't help ourselves, but just to burst forth in some form of worship. It's not always singing, but that's where we're going to concentrate this morning. So then the question is, um, why do we worship? Why do we worship? And I have a, a really simple, simple answer for that. We worship because God is worthy. Because God is worthy. Peppered throughout Scripture, we see that he is worthy. From Genesis 1, where he speaks and creation happens, to Nehemiah 9, verses 5 and 6, which says, Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be as exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host. The earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything. And the multitudes of heaven worship you. The multitudes of heaven worship you. And I think if the multitudes of heaven are worshipping, maybe, just maybe, we should as well. If the multitudes of heaven are worshipping, then maybe we should. We have read, uh, <clears throat> sorry, we then read in Job um, 26 and verse 14 that all that we see are simply the outer fringe of his works. Just imagine that. All that we see around us are the outer fringe of his works. Psalms are laden with his worthiness. All through scripture, uh, we see it time and time again. The New Testament sees God's amazing rescue plan worked out through Jesus on the cross. Now there's something we can worship about. We are saved. We are forgiven. We are free. We have no reason to fear death. It's all good. And then we hit this amazing crescendo of worship in Revelation 4. So all through Scripture. In Revelation 4, it talks there about thunder and lightning, throwing down of crowns, angels crying out. We have rainbows. We have jewels, jasper and ruby. Have a read of that crescendo of worship. So I think maybe we can all agree that God is worthy of our worship. A really helpful quote from a, a guy called Graham Cook is this. God is as worthy of worship on our worst day as he is on our best day. Yeah, God is as worthy of worship on that worst day as he is on our best day. His worthiness is unchanging. But what about when we don't actually feel like worshipping? In the New King James Version, Psalm 103, verse 1 says this. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It's a really familiar passage. We've all heard it. We've probably sung it in an old song. Um, 
But have you ever stopped and really thought about that verse? Look, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It doesn't say, oh my, oh my Lord, bless my soul. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I kind of got this vision of the psalmist not kind of being all chilled out and going, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's like talking to his gut. He's like, come on, bless the Lord, O my soul. Everything that's within me, bless his holy name, really talking to himself, preaching it to himself, to his very core, to his very gut, and mustering everything in his whole being to praise the Lord. You can almost sense that, can't you? Bless the Lord, (laughs) O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Oh, come on. (laughs) Thank you. Come on. singing. Thank you very much. Um, You know, it's a choice. It's a choice we have to make when we come to worship. You know, we choose to worship. We really do. We choose to worship. You know, every day we make decisions and choices. Every day. We make decisions about what we're going to eat. We make decisions about what we're going to say, where we're going to go, what we are going to do. But we actually do need to train ourselves to choose to praise whatever the circumstance. It's a choice we have to make because sometimes it isn't easy. And we want to be real this morning. Sometimes it isn't easy. We don't just fall into worship like with the click of our fingers. It doesn't necessarily happen that way. Being really honest, Nick and myself... We've been through some traumatic loss. We've been through depression, grief, and at times life has not been easy at all. For years, I made a choice that I was going to listen to worship music. That was what was going to help me. I was going to listen to worship music, and I'd get in the car, and I'd be driving somewhere, or I'd be sitting at home, and I'd be listening to worship music. But you know something? That wasn't actually enough. I needed to do something else. I needed to actually take part in that worship. I needed to choose not just to listen, but actually to do something, to to engage with that worship music, to engage with the words, to engage with the truth that God was laying on my heart through those songs. I needed to do something more than just listen. It was active. So my car journeys became a little bit more noisy because I was engaging in worship. I was worshipping the King of Kings, having to remind myself not to close your eyes when you're driving. <laughs> you know, there were moments where you're not supposed to lift your hands off the wheel. It's, 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 you know, but it's important that we choose to worship, not just listen. It's nice music. But actually, we need to engage with the stuff that's going on. So we have some great examples of people in the Bible who made choices to worship, and there are way too many for us to look at right now, but there's one person who really stands out for me who pushed through to the presence of Jesus, quite literally, and that's the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8, verses 43 to 48. Her tenacity really strikes me. So here she's 12 years of bleeding. She's going to be weak and fragile, She's an outcast by society. 
And, and yet she has this great courage and she mustered this strength and chose to push right through to Jesus just to touch the hem of his garment. And how I pray that in my weakest moments, I would have that same tenacity, that same courage, and that muster that same strength and, and opt to push right through into the presence of Jesus. No matter what's going on in my life, who's around me, or what's the situation I'm in, but to push right through um, despite all of that. Yeah, pushing through right into the presence of Jesus. That is what worship is, that, that moment where we engage, where things change, where there's a, a transformation um, in our own being. But we have to choose to do that. We have to step through and push through, just as Nikki's been saying. You know, so we've looked <clears throat> at why we worship. We've looked at making choices and pushing through. The fact is, he is as worthy on our best day as he is on our worst day. It's great looking at these scriptures, and they're really encouraging, and they will help us, and we're going to look at some more in a moment. But how do we do it when we just feel pants? We just feel rubbish, and life is really tough, and it's really difficult, and we just don't feel like it. You know, it's like this, um, you know, everything may be okay at the moment, and it's okay, you know, and life's all right. But life can be a bit like this long journey. And if you've ever taken a train journey and you're getting on, you've got a starting point, and you're on that journey, lots of stops on the way. Oh, hang on a minute. It's not really a train journey, is it? It's actually a bit more like a roller coaster. Okay? <laughs> so with ups and downs, twists and turns, it's incredibly scary, exhilarating, really great, and also incredibly scary. Um, you know, there are times where you may even feel ill and you go through some really difficult stuff. Life is a bit more like a roller coaster. Life is full of those ups and downs. And yet it is incredibly scary and full of excitement and fear. So with that in mind, that that's what life is a bit more like, let's look at some of these scriptures that will help us on this roller coaster. Yes, so in our household, um, we've nicknamed these, the, even those buts and yetis, bear with me, I will explain. That's <laughs> how my brain works, okay? Um, so first of all, I'm just going to read from Habakkuk chapter 3 and verses 17 and 18, and it says this, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no ket cattle, not kettle, cattle in the stalls, yet I, that's our first yeti, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God's my saviour. Quite a lot of here, us here probably aren't too bothered about fig trees, grapes, cattle, but our, even those may be different, even though this circumstance is going on for someone that I love and I can't change it. Even though finances are really tough, even though my car's just broken down, that even those can be like so different for each one of us, even though I've got a pack to go to uni for some of you guys. Um, that even those are all, all different. And for some of us, they're different from week to week. But that yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God's my saviour. 
And we can't look at the, even those buts and yetis without turning to an awesome guy in the Bible called Job. He's, he's a great, amazing guy. And in, in Job 1, we see this, this chap has, has lost so much. He loses his income. He loses property. It, it's like one thing after another he's lost. And then the last piece of news that's come on the back of all this news is that he's He's lost his kids when they're all in the same building and it gets wiped out by a great wind. And we read this in verse 20. It says, At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. Just an aside, tearing his robe and shaving his head was a sign of grief. I just want to say, as a sort of lay-by, that... Griefing is not wrong. It's okay to grieve. Um, Anyway, so back to scripture. Then he fell to the ground in worship and he said this, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Now, in my Bible, I scroll notes, I write things, I underline things, and my bad, because I've written a quote and not put who it's from. But this is what it says, just above that verse in my Bible. Unless we can look the darkest, blackest fact full in the face, without damaging God's character, we do not yet know him. What does that mean? That means that even though really tough stuff can happen in our life, but we don't let that alter our view of the character of God. He's still good. He's still faithful. He's still worthy. He's still amazing. He's still wonderful. It's like that, this and this, but God is still the same. God still loves me. God is still in control. He's still worthy. He's still faithful. His character doesn't shift or alter. It's just, it staggers me anyway, but there we go. And then, Lastly, in this section, I want to turn to a passage of scripture that's like my go-to passage on a really tough day. This is my verse that I will always go to that always helps me, and it's in Lamentations chapter 3, and we read Lamentations 3 verses 1 to 20, and basically this guy's really low, he's really proper depressed. And I'm not going to depress you by reading verses 1 to 20, because he's really not in a good place. But we get to the end of verse 20, and it says this, my soul is downcast within me. That's kind of an uber understatement ever, you know, after 19 verses of ranting about how bad life is, my soul's downcast within me. And then we read this in verse 21, yet I, not a yeti, Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his compassions never, ever, 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 ever fail. That's a Nick Cameron version. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord's my portion. Therefore, I'll wait for him. Is there a footnote between verse 20 and 21 that says life suddenly got better? Not in my Bible. It goes from my soul is downcast within me to yet this I call to mind, to there, because of the Lord's great love. You can almost see it, can't you? He's looking here going, oh, all this is going on. This is rubbish. This is pants. My soul's downcast. 
And then he sort of goes, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And then it transfers again, because of the Lord's great love. We're not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. There's that movement of going from looking to this, to actually speaking truth to himself, to looking to God. I'm, I'm really honestly saying it's not easy. Life can proper, proper hurt. But in those moments, have having great truth to remind yourself of God, who he is, and his character, and choose to praise him, something can happen. Suddenly, self-pity is ousted. Worries are lifted. And suddenly, you find yourself face-to-face with an unchanging, faithful, awesome God. Amen. One of those... Sorry, one of those... One of many precious truths that um, we have held um, as a couple, but you know, we keep finding more. And I think the more you get into Scripture, the more you find. You think you know something, and then you realize you know nothing. Um, <clears throat> but one of those um, deeply precious truths um, that we've held on to in those darkest moments is that God is the same yesterday, today, yeah. and forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, as Nick has said, he is unchanging and he is faithful always and forever. He's always unchanging and faithful. He is always the same. That won't change. We have to ground ourselves in that truth. We have to somehow choose to ground ourselves in the truth that God doesn't change. So what's it like then if God doesn't change? What's it like when we come to worship? You know, sometimes the songs that we're singing, even a song that we sung this morning, I know for Nikki and myself is a really hard song to sing. I believe the truth of it. I understand it, but it's a hard song because it has a personal impact on our lives. Sometimes those songs that we sing are really hard. The songs themselves are hard. So what I found is this, that when we come to sing, when we come and sing those songs of praise and worship, they can literally be you yourself praying out to God. They can be you praying out to God. They can be a declaration of those who are declaring that over your life. The truth that you need to understand, declaring that over your life. Maybe it's an outpouring of adoration, or even it's a cry for help. We need to remember that praise and worship is for God. We're coming to him, to worship him because he is worthy. You know, it's incredible. We just get blessed when we enter into worship. When we engage with worship, we get blessed. We're not coming to get blessed, but it just happens because of who God is. When we sing, you know, praise and worship, it's not always in a large group like this. And I've spoken about sometimes it's me just in my car on my own. But I wonder, why is that different? Why is it that, you know, maybe you can sing incredible worship songs in the shower, but when you come together, you find it really difficult? 
Why is it that when I'm in the car, I can scream and shout at them the loudest, but when we come together, I might be quiet? You know, of course, circumstances go on. But, you know, why is it different? And I don't have a massively good answer for why it's different, but it is. We are different when we come um, to worship. But maybe we just get more self-conscious about those that are around us. And um, you may have heard this story before. Nikki talks sometimes about kitchen roll worship. Okay, <laughs> I'll just leave it there, can I? And just walk. No, no. Kitchen roll worship. So you, you know what I'm talking about with a kitchen roll. And you've got the cardboard tube in the middle. Okay, now just imagine just the massive cardboard tube. You know, really huge. You're at the bottom, and the only thing you can see is God at the top. That's kitchen roll worship. doesn't matter who else is around you. It's you and God. You're worshipping him. So when you're struggling with other people around you, remember you're worshipping the king of kings. You're in that bottom of that kitchen roll just worshipping him. That's kitchen roll worship. <laughs> other people talk about being... He's <laughs> just going to go home and get a bit of kitchen roll. Um, other people talk about um, being the worship leader in your row. You think about when we were worshipping earlier on. You're now worshipping in that kitchen roll, but be the worship leader in your row. Imagine what will happen to those people around you when you're just out and out for God. You've made that choice to worship. Don't let those around you hinder you from worshipping God. Remember, worship isn't just through song. But it is, you know, art and flags and dancing. Maybe you're on your knees. Be you. Be the person God made you. Because every single one of you that I'm looking at right now here this morning is completely different. We are completely unique. And that's because God made us that way. Let's worship him in uniqueness. Let's worship him from what he's put in us. Yes, yeah, so God wants us to actually come as we are. And um, one of the things that I had to learn over years, that actually it's okay to come to God with our pain and our hurt and our tears and our worries and all our stuff. You may have noticed in, the, in this church, there is not a baggage reclaim at the door of the church. You don't come in and leave your stuff and then come in and do the nice church bit and then walk out and pick up all your stuff and no 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 God actually wants us to bring all of the stuff from our week our, our life our worries all that's going on and bring it to the foot of the cross because that's where he can meet us that's where he can minister to us that's where he can touch us and that's where he can speak into our lives scripture tells us doesn't it that his yoke is easy and his burdens light it tells us cast all your cares on him for you for he cares for you. And I love that word cast. It's like lob it, chuck it, throw it all mm. on him. It's not like present your cares to God, neatly pressed, smelling lovely, in a bundle. No, no, no. It's, it's literally um, in the dictionary it says that cast is to throw something forcefully in a specified direction. So that verse is literally saying, Throw all your cares forcefully in God's specific direction because he cares for you. 
Um, when we lived in London, I, I was guilty of baggage reclaim. I would, <laughs> I would come to church, pop all my stuff at the door, go in, put on this nice church front, and then I would leave, pick up my stuff, and walk away broken. Um, and my heart is, please, people, don't use the doors of this church like baggage reclaim. Bring it to God. And my pastor used to say to me, step into all that's going on. And we, we were going through a really tough time, and there was all these situations we were facing, and it was like he just said to me, put them in front of you, and like literally, mm-hmm. as you come to worship, step in. So I'm going, okay, God, this is going on in my life, but I'm going to step in and praise you anyway. Yeah. I'm going to lift up your name anyway, even though this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. Amen. You know, but we know that it isn't easy um, to step in to your circumstances and situations and praise God. You know, it can be really tough because those circumstances, those situations can be really difficult, whether it's family, finances, whatever. It doesn't, I don't know what people are going through right now this morning, but you may have come in here this morning and, it's, and it is like everything is just, it's just a mess. But you know what? We can get beyond that. We can move beyond that. Our circumstances don't need to um, define us. We know that at times we needed to come alongside other people and ask them for help. You know, I really love the passage in Exodus 17 where Moses is holding his hands up in the battle and, you know, the the war is raging around him and he's got his hands raised up. But when his hands grow tired, guess what? we grow tired, when his hands grew tired um, and they lowered, they started losing the battle. And then in verse 12 of Exodus 17, you know, we see that his arms are tired. And then you have Aaron and her, they stood either side of him and held his arms up. You know, we need help. We do. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. That's what church family is here for. We are to love one another, support one another, encourage one another, build one another up, pray for one another, stand with each other. Romans 12 and verse 15 tells us, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It's okay to come and ask for help because, hey, we need it. When we're in difficult circumstances and situations and troubles, we need help. But hey, when things are great, isn't it amazing we've got other people around us who can rejoice with us as well? It's a two-way thing. Let's come and ask each other for help and support. Okay, so moving on a bit. um, To be really honest, this time last year we were going through a really dark valley. Um, Life was really tough, and there were many tears and uncertainties. But at the time, God showed me something that I'd never realized before, and that was that we have a unique opportunity during this lifetime. Um, What do I mean by that? Revelation 21 verse 4 tells us that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death, 
no more mourning, no more grief. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and the old will pass and the new will come. And then it was like God just sort of plopped into my head that this lifetime is full of hardship and trouble and tears and it's tough. But when we get to heaven, there'll be none of that. So right now is our only opportunity in all of eternity to praise God when it hurts, to praise him when there's tough situations going on in our lives, to bring a sacrifice of praise that actually costs us. And that's such a sweet aroma to him that it actually costs us something. And finally, for me, I want to leave you with a wonderful encouragement. In James 4, verse 8, um, it says, Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. In the old version, it says, Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. And I just love that, that picture of the prodigal son, and he's messed up big time. His life is, is a mess. He's with the pigs. He's literally eating what the pigs are eating. We see him with everything, with all his mess, all his troubles, mess-ups, mistakes, regret, upset, grief, everything. We see him returning to the Father, and we see that the Father's watching out for him, and he comes running when he sees him way off in the distance. And that's just God. God's heart for us. We take a few tentative steps of, of everything with our mistakes and our regret and our, our grief, and he comes running. That's an amazing Father's heart for each one of us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Lord is for us. He is not against us. It may feel like it, but he is for us. And as Nikki said, we make those tentative steps, and they may just be minute, but God comes running for us. He is looking for us. He wants to spend time with us. So when we come to worship, when we come to spend those times with him, he's already there. He wants to spend time with us. How awesome is that? I wonder if um, we could ask the the worship group to come and join us. Um, And I'm going to ask them just to maybe start playing a song, which would be fantastic, just as we we, we finish this this part. Because we want to enter into worship. We want to spend time in responding to this um, and, and worship together. You know, <clears throat> we know that God is worthy. We know that life is tough. We know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that we shift, alter, and change. We know that his truth never, ever ever changes. We know that he is as worthy of worship on our best day as he is on our worst day. We know that sometimes we need help and we don't enter into worship easily. Today, right now today, we have a choice to make. Let's choose to look up to the King of Kings. Let's choose to look to the creator, the sustainer, the all-knowing, the Lord, our saviour. Let's choose to look to our redeemer, the mighty one, the God whose hands are strong enough to uphold planets and gentle enough to wipe away every single tear. He is good. His love endures forever. He comes running to meet with his children. 
He loves you. You are precious to him. As we worship now, if you want someone to stand with you, if you need help to enter in, ask someone or come to the front and we will pray with you. We will do that together. We will stand together. Let's not leave today unchanged in our worship of the King of Kings. Let's not leave this place with baggage reclaim and pick up all our stuff. Let's bring it to the cross. You know, come as you are. Come to him. Bring it to his feet. He longs to meet with you afresh today. Let me just pray and then we will worship together. Lord, come now as we worship you in all our mess, in everything that we have, with all that's going on in our lives. Lord, help us to bring it to you now, to the foot of the cross. Lord, have your way in us right now today. Lord God, you are worthy of our worship and we worship you.